All right, welcome guys to another episode of Athletic Mindset. I'm here with my buddy Kwaku, who specializes in combat sports, specifically wrestling, Muay Thai. Um, did a little bit of rugby in college. So uh, without further ado, Kwaku, welcome, man. Uh, thanks for having me, buddy. It's good to help you out in your journey on fitness any way I can. So thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. It's a uh, little bit different roles. It's fun to have you on my podcast instead of appearing on yours. Uh, true, true. But, you know, all love here. I want to turn it over to you, though. Tell these guys kind of your athletic background, where you started, and kind of what led you to now i mean as you're about three weeks out from your first ever fight right first yep first fight here uh, exhibition match will take place in Bowie, maryland um but yeah i guess to start off so technically i didn't start off in combat sports originally when i was younger i was more of a artistic kind of guy so i played the violin and the viola and then i didn't really start sports until my eighth grade years when i started basketball for middle school basketball is okay at but I always found myself to be a little bit more aggressive than every other guy. And basketball is a contact sport, not really collision or combat sportish at all. So when I got into high school, I actually broke my arm playing football. And the wrestling team needed people to come wrestle, obviously. My buddy Riley, his father was the head coach. And he said, hey, you have a pretty good build on you. You want to come out and wrestle? And I said, ah, wrestling's kind of, you know, for fairies. <laughs> so I was like, no, nah, not really. They're like, nah, I'm going to like it coming through. And so... I went to wrestle for a school called Appaquinimic. This is in Delaware. Delaware's wrestling scene, probably outside of the country, is probably like top 15, top 20. Very decent competition, not the best competition in the East Coast. Typically, your powerhouses are Pennsylvania, New Jersey, more schools, one division, those big states. Yeah. Uh, Maryland's pretty decent at wrestling. Virginia's really good at wrestling. But you guys get the idea. Um, so when I did wrestle for that, I wrestled for three years, three and a half years or so. I wrestled at 132 when I was cutting weight, 145 when I was kind of just limbering, cutting a little bit of weight. But when I was not cutting any weight, I wrestled 52 or 60, just depending on what our team needed. Um, so that was always interesting. Cutting weight's not the funnest of all endeavors, because <laughs> for all you don't know, the wrestling season pretty much starts right at Thanksgiving, all the way through about February, March, just depending on how late your states, your tournaments go respectively. And the thing with cutting weight is you can't eat, so you miss Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, and New Year's all together. Days where you either can't eat or you have to minimally eat or work out twice as hard because whatever you just ate has to come off anyway. So we dealt with that for a few years, but wrestling was fun. And I think that's kind of what led me to play rugby in college and then also participate in jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai. I did a little bit of Taekwondo as a kid, but I was more like camera shy, so I got my belts, but I kind of didn't stick with it, yeah. and then I went into the arts. So that was interesting. So did you play rugby at all prior to your college experience, or? No, rugby was primarily a private school okay. sort of sport, so we didn't really have it in our public school system in Delaware, and plus in Delaware, we only have three, yeah, three yeah. public school systems, or conferences. We had Blue Hen, we had Hen Lopen, and then we had, yeah, the independent conference, which is all the private schools. Those are basically the only ones, and so, no, we didn't really have rugby going up, so I started it when I went to Delaware, and it was great. What made you, I mean, what was going through your mind, though? You grow up playing, you know, arts, violin, all this stuff. Yeah. What switched in you that you were like, I want to hit somebody. I want to get into this. Yeah. You know, I want to wrestle someone, and then eventually rugby. Right. Like, what was going through? I think the key is, I don't know about you, but I used to watch a lot of cartoons when I was younger. Yeah. And so, like, I'm talking the Dragon Ball Zs, the Naruto's, uh, all those kind of shows. And the one thing they all had in common is that all those dudes were jacked and constantly training. Yeah. So, if I wanted to be like them, I also had to be jacked and constantly trained. <clears throat> so, I guess that would be what initially got me into the sports, more combat collision sports sort of role. Also, I can't lie, a little bit of peer pressure, too. Because at least as far as, I went to University of Delaware, similar to Corey. Our rugby team was a bunch of alpha male guys, and we basically only hit, run around, and then after we play people, we go out and drink with them and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I really liked because it felt almost fraternalish, in a way, but it was also just malicious enough so I can get all my rage out and things like that, which was cool. Not saying I'm an angry guy overall, but just saying that sometimes it just feels good yeah. to hit or to get hit for that matter. Um, that I think is one of the more pure uh, competition sports out there. 
where it's really not subjective. So if I hit you like, and the ball goes loose, I can get the ball. Whereas in some competitions, they have to be judged or there's different penalties, whereas rugby, you don't really have any penalties. Yeah. And when you're fighting or wrestling, there's really no penalties unless you like grab someone's nuts or something. <laughs> you know, something real out of the ordinary, which is what yeah. I like. Yeah, and it's also fast-paced, can't really stop. Yeah, I got you. So, I mean, what when you're actually in participating in those sports, mm-hmm. though, mm-hmm. what what's your thought process? Because, I mean, no offense, normally, yeah. like... I'm not a big contact sport guy. I have very little desire, unless I'm like, you know, coaxed into it, to get into combat, to get into, um, like, fist-to-fist with anyone, right. that kind of thing. Right. What's that like, though, in the heat of the moment? Like, what what's going through your mind as you're getting hit? You know you're about to get hit. Do you right. start to anticipate it and, and yeah. all that? I think it might be a little bit different for combat sports versus, like, a team sport like rugby. Because, yeah. one, the fundamental difference is for combat sports, it's one-on-one. So everything you do and everything you don't do will fall on you at the end of the match or the end of the period or whatever it is. Whereas in rugby, football, basketball, other team sports for men and women, depending on how you play and what you do, it could be your fault, could be the team's fault, could be another player's fault, coaching, referees, things of that nature. Yeah. Not to say it doesn't happen in rugby and wrestling and fighting, but just a little less so. Um, what goes through my mind specifically is if I'm cutting weight, the only thing I'm focused on for that period, a month, maybe two weeks out, whatever it is, is the weight cut. So, you know, you go to practice for two, two and a half hours, three hours, go home and run, do your homework, drink eight ounces of water, skip your meal, just do it all the same day, every single day. Because the only real thing that goes through my mind is like, okay, if I get my work done in advance, more time to cut weight. If I'm on weight, this gives me a fighting chance to help my team out. And because it still is a team sport wrestling, at least, because it's scholastic, you still accumulate points depending on how well you do. But you can't get points unless you're already on weight, which is our issue. A lot of people just were like kind of lackadaisical about it, and you would see them get their ass whooped. But I was a team captain, so I couldn't definitively get my ass whooped. So to me, in my mind, I'm telling myself, got to make weight, set the example, go out and crush fuckers. And then once I crush them, then I can chill and do whatever I want. But the whole game plan and goal... Crush. Yeah. Lose a pound. Lose a pound. Lose a pound. Lose a pound. That's what I kept telling myself until I made weight every week. As far as rugby goes, I was probably a little bit more relaxed as far as mentality yeah. goes. Because I played wing, and if you don't know, there's 15 men on a rugby field, 45-minute halves, nonstop, constant pace. And the winger, who's on the outside right and sometimes the left, they basically only do free tackles and open field layouts, or they score. So I'm either taking a lot of hits, dishing a lot of hits, and then literally just directly scoring when I get a chance because we pass backwards. So my mentality there was like, if I get the ball, just just book it, just go. Because as soon as I get down the line, just gotta fly through, jump a little bit, and touch that ball on the ground, and try for us. Yeah. And that was the only goal. Sometimes I think like, what if a big guy hits me, what if a big guy doesn't hit me? But that quickly leaves you as soon as you touch the ball. Yeah. As soon as your hands physically get on that thing, I feel like all emotions just leave your body. And it's just instant training where you just, just boom, down the field. And if yeah. you get hit, you get hit. But usually you offload before that so you don't take hits. But if you do, you just kind of Hopefully. suck it up. Yeah, and you just got to keep going, I keep going. So there's a lot of just go, 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 and just no looking backwards and stuff. Yeah. So I think the issue is if you start like thinking about other things, you lose that focus on losing that pound or making it down the field to give your team a fighting chance to score the try or whatever it is. So to me, I never wanted to be the weakest link. So therefore, I had to put an additional effort to make sure that I wasn't that guy yeah. who then caused my team to suffer, if that makes sense. You're a team player. Yeah, For big sure. team player. Big team player. Um, I mean, you touched on it there. Dude, I mean, 45 minute halves nonstop, that's no joke. Yeah, it's no joke. Um, and I think it translates well to the fighting. Like, you have to be in excellent condition. Excellent conditioning. Um, what's like a typical... I guess, training session for rugby and then what would be a typical training session for you now as you prepare? Rugby, mostly drill work because there's no pads or anything in rugby. So if you tackle every day, you will get hurt, (laughs) which we can't risk because unbeknownst to most people in rugby, there's really no subs. So if you get hurt, you're playing one man down or two man down or whatever it is. Yes. For 90 minutes. So you can't really risk it in practice. If you get hurt, he's out, then you're kind of playing man down. Granted, we have people who can jump in at the beginning of the game, yeah. but if they get hurt during the game, you're playing man down, which isn't isn't the key to us. 
Um, and then as far as fighting goes, what was the question one more time? Just like what's a typical conditioning workout, I guess, that you will go through yeah. now. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, so rugby, a lot of drills, a lot of movement work, footwork, pad work, that kind of stuff. Not too much different from fighting, so we still do footwork. You yeah. know, we have dance drills where you're mimicking your opponent to see like where your footwork would go in an actual event of a fight or an exhibition. Yeah. A lot of pad work, um, a lot of sparring, a lot of clinch work if you're doing Muay Thai, which we do. Um, and then a lot of conditioning, but the conditioning here is more so like, oh, throw 100 punches. It'll be like throw 100 punches, then put your arms behind your head and let them do 100 punches to your stomach because we take hits a lot of the time. Yeah. So it'll be stomach conditioning, shin conditioning, thigh conditioning, where it's just like taking constant pressure to those places. One for the shins to dull the nerves. So when you actually go to check a kick, which is to block one with your shin, yeah. it won't hurt or it'll hurt significantly less. Okay. As far as thighs and stomach go, you just got to take shots <laughs> repeatedly for it to pretty much absorb and make your body resistant to it, at least more so than it would be without the conditioning. Yeah. Um, as far as wrestling goes, wrestling is just nonstop drilling. I'm talking like a couple hundred takedowns to practice, a couple hundred... You know, stand-ups, a couple hundred uh, topside drills where you're tilting someone to get extra points. And then you maybe go live for 20 minutes of practice where it's like five minutes live, five minutes live, five minutes live. But in wrestling, when you actually go for a match, it's only two-minute periods. Yeah. But you want to make sure you're conditioned and don't stop during those two minutes because yeah. whoever stops effectively loses at the end of the day. So it's it pretty much translates all over, I'd say. But I think I would say the combat sport now is tougher only because, again, because it's one-on-one and you're getting punched, yeah. getting a punch to the stomach is different from saying someone on you the whole time where you can maneuver and get out and slide your way through. Because if you're getting punched, like, one good punch to the ribs, there's your wind. Your cardio's all gone in that first round. So then you got to figure it out after that and be like, all right, there's no cardio. What am I going to rely on? Technique? Yeah. Maneuvering? Intuition? So that, that kind of has something to do with it, too. I was about to ask that, too. Like, when you get hit, because inevitably... You're gonna and those it. kind of sports, yeah. I mean, no. Unless one, you're Floyd Money Mayweather, that guy. But even it. he still <laughs> takes hits. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, the dude can't even read. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but like, w- when you get hit, that first point of contact, mm-hmm. I don't even know if you remember the first real, true first time that you decided to get into this. Mm-hmm. But if you do, I would love to know like what registered first thought, like first as thought? you got hit. This shit hurts. Yeah. Oh That's my it? god, dude. Like, yeah. Cause no one realizes that a punch to the face is a literal human fist flying at you. Doesn't matter if it's 16, 14, 12, or 10 ounce gloves, they are padded, but that that leather still hurts yeah. to a degree. It doesn't hurt as much as a normal punch without padding or without wrapping. But the first thing I think of, because you gotta think in a full fight, people are literally going to knock you out almost in every punch. Or they're trying to set you up to knock you out. Yeah. Because it's all striking. So when you get hit, it's a really crisp, dirty, bastard hit to the face. It's a proper, it's a proper hit to the face. So the first thing I think of is, oh shit, we're really in a fight. That's that's the first thing. That was your wake up call. You're like, yeah, all right, we're doing this. Yeah, we're doing it. That's the way it goes through. Like we're in this now. Is it more of like a defensive thought? Like first thought, like I don't want to get that again. Or is do you turn on the like aggression? You're like. Alright, he just got me, now I need to get him back. He just got me, now I gotta get him back. Yeah, it's more of like a... Because my competitive nature is a little weird. Yeah. Where I think in my head, where it's like, oh, that guy got me good, I gotta give him one back good as well. Just for a good fight purpose. Because to me, I'm like, alright, if I lose the fight, we can run it back. Because that's the way I say it. I'm like, yo, we can just fight again, no problem. But if you hit me, I'm gonna be like, oh, that's a good one, buddy. I'm gonna punch you just as hard and try and get (laughs) you too. And be like, oh, I got you, bitch. Like, that's the way way I see it. Yeah, just back and forth. Now, do you think all fighters are like that? Or do you think you're unique in that sense? Unique. Absolutely not. Okay. I've only ever seen one other fighter. He's a pro. It's Max Holloway, the UFC okay. featherweight champion. Where he's like, oh, I got you right in the face. And people will be like, oh, dude, but you're cut. But everyone else, no. They either get like super pissed, super flustered. Uh, typically at the amateur level or exhibition level. Most guys, if you give them a nice crisp hit, they'll just go crazy. Yeah. Like they just start seeing red, start losing their training, going nuts, throwing that, haymakers. That works to your advantage, no? Exactly, like, exactly. Because if you throw that overhand right, that yeah. that nighttime, you're drunk at a bar, that big right, everyone knows it's coming, all you gotta do is throw a nice boom, jab Step to the face, and, and then you know. pop them real quick, and then you have that distance, and you just pop, 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 hit a 2-3-2, two, two, which is a cross, yeah. little cross, send that ass down real quick. I, I mean, that's that's really interesting. I, um, 
One of my favorite movies ever is Warrior. Yeah, uh, for those yeah. of you who don't know, it's a MMA movie. Um, I would watch it actually to pump me up for my swim meets. Okay, just, fair. I like the storyline and the fighting. That's the one with Tom got, Hardy and the brother, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it got yeah. it got me amped up. Um, <laughs> but what was really interesting there, and I have no idea if it's true in actual yeah life, is one of the brothers and the, the guy who ends up winning listens to Beethoven as he's training, oh. and his trainer is. You know, constantly telling him, "Hey, like, listen to the music. Get lost in that mm-hmm. that soft melody. You know, classical music. Like, let that be your rhythm. Stay calm." Yeah. And I think that's so true. I know Dwight Howard came out a number of years back saying that that's what he liked to listen to prior to NBA games. Right. Just he had his time leading up to the game mm-hmm. to get amped up to get prepared. And then, like, right before, he listens to classical music. Yeah. Do you think that is similar to your mindset? Like, no. Staying calm, in a sense? or Maybe staying calm. But like, definitely, you're listening to, like... Oh, dude, rap, heavy up. metal. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying, not okay, Beethoven. I'm not, I'm not way, man. I'm like, not, yeah. I've never heard of anyone listening to Beethoven before a fight, before a wrestling match, none of that shit. I, that's, so that's why it was so crazy in that movie. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how real that that's is. That's not real. I've never heard of that. <laughs> but I don't know if it's necessarily staying calm. I think it's more or less like excitement, okay. but not so excited where we become careless. It's more of excited like, oh, I'm in a match against someone of either equal or greater standing than me. Yeah. So let's see how we do against someone who's equal, equally ready yeah. to fuck me up or better than me, and I'm getting ready to put a ass down, you know? Yeah. That's how I it is. Yeah. Um, what's super interesting, I don't know if I've told you this before, mm-hmm. I have a background in coaching science, and we... Right studied a lot of just arousal levels in athletes Mm -hmm. and kind of what there's a certain there's definitely a lot of theories out there on optimal states of arousal and it's kind of like like you said that first punch wakes you up yeah now that's putting you somewhere on that arousal scale i believe in the inverted you so for that it means literally at the start like you need something, some stimulus to get you going. Right. And then there's a fine line between a little bit of stimulus and now you're at the peak of you. Mm-hmm. And then too much stimulus. You're back in the trap. Now you've gone back down too far on the other side. You're letting that aggression take a hold of you. Right. Um, do you think that applies in... Oh, for sure. In fighting, for sure? I think so. I think, too, it just depends on like what the fight is is per se okay because there's some fights that are more calm and like slow paced like muay thai itself it picks up as the rounds go through okay so typically you only land really a few hits first second third round whereas dutch kickboxing is just constant <laughs> back and forth just constantly hitting with no elbows and some knees depending yeah. on what the rules are and where you're fighting versus like holland versus germany but yeah i think it just depends on the type of fight itself for the most part, just because there's so many styles that you can fight in, but some styles are slower, yeah. more calm, some styles are faster, heavier paced. I gotcha. So it just depends. So, I mean, you touched on it there, some different styles. Um, you uh, had a chance to take an awesome trip a few months back. Yep. Um, out to Asia. Where was it that you trained again? I was trained in, in Phuket, Thailand at okay. Ruthless Fight Center. So, I mean, Talk me through that. That sounds like you got to meet some of some professional guys out there, no? Yep, yep. I got a buddy named Luke who is a pro fighter from Australia. He just moved to London. Okay. And he had a fight out there, one by knockout via third round elbow to the face. That was sweet. There's a girl named Marguerite who also won by knockout third round elbow, ironically yeah. as well. She cut a girl in the face of the girls just blood was flying everywhere. But it was cool. Way different than mm-hmm. Muay Thai or any kind of kickboxing in the States. Completely different. What did you pick, what, I guess, what was the best thing that you picked up from that experience? The pressure. Okay. Yeah, just because you got to think, there was like 90 degrees every day. Okay. We have a 10 kilometer run every day before practice, 20 minutes of jump rope, then we practice. So theirs felt more like a wrestling practice in America to me. Yeah. Where it's just go, constantly go, constantly go in your condition. But I think, honestly, too, because they fight so young, the average fighter starts at, like, five or six years old. Yeah. And so they have, like, five or six hundred fights by the time they're our age, 24, 25, 26. Because my coach, we had T and then Seer and then their whole family. They all had, like, at least three to five hundred fights. And we were celebrating his 24th birthday <laughs> there. You know? 
So to them, it's just like, impressive. yeah, they, they don't even train anymore. They're just like, hey, we fight so often that we're not even going to practice anymore, which is, I thought, pretty cool. Yeah. What you can tell, too, is that they know exactly where to be, where to maneuver, where to hit, so they don't waste their energy, but they can also hit you with maximum effectiveness every time. So when you're getting that pressure at practice all the time, yeah. when you're trying to spar, it's very tough. So it's kind of like just being around, I mean, just, just greatness. Yeah. In a sense. It's like... And also in Thailand, their national yeah. sport is Muay Thai. I so know that. everybody like, knows how to fight. Yeah. Yeah. So even the little kids can hit you pretty hard. Like 12 year olds, 13 year olds, because they know exactly what to do. They've been doing it for seven years. It's funny. that I mean, that reminds me of just times with in swimming. There was a couple times where um, I had the pleasure of training with Katie Ledecky, who mm. is, um, is, she's a multi-event world record holder. Oh, wow. Uh, won a bunch of gold medals, is pro currently. Oh, wow, good for her. Um, and she's from this area, and luckily my group that I normally trained with was mm-hmm. not training, so I texted her coach and I said, hey, I, I need a place to train while I'm on break from Delaware. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I come by? He's like, yeah, sure. Dude, I mean, no joke. Especially training with Katie, man. She yeah. is incredible. Um, especially, she's the the fastest girl in the world. Right. And she was like right on par with my times. Yeah. Uh, which was super humbling, but also pushed me. Like being around someone like that. Like, yeah. You feel like, oh, it's time to get better. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to lose her. Right. Um, but I was just in all half the time, though, of her work ethic and, yeah. and all that. Which sounds very similar to what you got to experience oh yeah oh yeah but in asia it's kind of funny because they're hard workers but they're really funny about it and so everything to them is kind of a joke and so they'll work out really hard but they'll also play around extremely hard as well yeah so you might do like 100 kicks and all of a sudden they'll hit you right in the stomach and they'll burst out laughing all of them which i thought was kind of funny but some people didn't like it i don't know it was different though yeah it it was funny though i liked it i liked it a lot i got you yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier, I want to touch back on this, about cutting weight. Yep. Um, and evident, even tonight, as you were coming over here with Chick-fil-A, you were yeah. like, I'm getting the grilled sandwich, I'm not touching that fried stuff, yeah. i got to make weight. Um, what Explain that mental restraint that you have to display yeah. to meet weight. Uh, and then, especially towards the end, like as you're getting so close to that goal, Yeah. is it easy? Is it hard? Is it just second nature to you at this point because you've been doing so long? Or? I think cutting weight was a lot easier in high school. Okay. Only because there's really only one time to eat during the day, per se. Like, you get up. Yeah. You kind of just, like, do your own thing, you know, skip breakfast. Then there's lunch, which was probably the hardest because everybody's eating. Yeah. And you're in the lunchroom with a couple hundred kids. So we just go to the locker room and just stay there, which kind of sucks a lot of the time. But... Now I think it's going to be tougher only because I do so much where I have lift in the morning, eight hours of work. Then I usually talk to my girlfriend because it's like six hours later in Norway where she is. And then I have practice for another hour, two hours. So if I don't have something to fuel me, it's going to be tough. But it depends on what I eat. It sticks to my body pretty hard now just because not as I'm not old but I'm not as young as I used to be where things just burn fast, right? I mean, I think we all go through yeah, that's that simple. period in our life where you're like things have to slow down a bit. I can't eat that double cheeseburger right. three meals a day. Exactly, <laughs> it just comes right off. And not gain any weight. Um, yeah, so it's a little it's a little tougher now. Ironically, my coach said today I don't have to cut weight anymore, which is great. Really? Oh yeah, because the way the exhibition is going to work is that they're just going to let us walk in and weigh in at whatever, okay. but they're going to put us against bigger guys anyway. Gotcha. So the weight the cut weight cut would yeah. matter for me right now, which is great. Like I don't mind. I'll probably still lose weight just a little bit quicker. Yeah. But now that I don't have to, it's great. But if I did, typically the way I'd go about it is like, I start limiting what I'm eating. Yeah. So I already eat very healthy normally. You know, salmon, carrots, spinach, yeah. berries. You eat all that rabbit. Yeah. Food. yeah. <laughs> You're on that trip. I get it. Red, red cabbage, that kind of <laughs> stuff. But then realistically, probably towards maybe next week, I'd probably just take out the meat. Okay. And just eat a lot of vegetables and fruits. And that would probably cut out Maybe by the end of the week, maybe seven pounds, legitimately. Are you afraid of not getting enough protein when you do that, or nah. is it not really a worry for you? Because it's not just really a worry. Short, short window. Short window, and also too, like if I do want to eat protein, I will. 
yeah. just in very small quantities throughout the day. Okay. So instead of eating like a whole salmon filet, it could be like half in the morning, half in the afternoon. Yeah. Just like it's something in me. Or I might just switch it all together and do like a protein shake instead. I just those liquids I can just yeah. get it right through the system. Um, and then when it gets closer to, a few days out, I'll probably just stop eating altogether. Yeah. Now, do you... You have to feel those effects. Like, yeah, you feel... Do you feel very lethargic? Do you feel like crap going into this? Or do you nah, feel... not like crap. The feeling I probably display to is like... You feel so energized, but you know you're tired. If that makes sense. So it's almost like you're catching that second wind. When yeah. You stayed up a little bit yeah, too late. Yeah, that's probably it. The second wind. It feels like just a long second wind. Okay. That's all it feels like. Where it's not all your energy, but you know you have something yeah. in there more to give. But yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's definitely the second wind. Okay. From the start, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got That's you. what it feels like from the start. But it also feels like when you lose the weight, it feels like all that extra fats and toxins are off of you. So you feel faster and stronger. I don't know how to explain it. Like, okay. when I cut weight in high school, I used to cut maybe like 20 pounds. Yeah. But I always felt great going into the wrestling matches. So, like, my first tournament, I think I took third. It's a bronze at the, um, I think it was, oh, the Battle at the River. At Indian yeah. River High School, I took third. I beat a kid from Smyrna, and then a kid from Caesar Rodney, and then Sussex Central, which are all the good schools down in Delaware. Yeah. And I remember cutting away for that tournament. When I walked out, like I looked, I, I looked like crap because my face was sucked out. Yeah. And I had like, yeah. an <laughs> just bony, right? But when I got on the mat, I felt fantastic. It just felt like there was nothing else holding me down, like a, yeah. like a hard meat in my stomach or extra yeah. layers of fat on my body. So you just feel. You feel like a superhuman in a way. Yeah. Where it's like second wind, kind of euphoric almost. Like you don't really feel like you're in it, but you're moving at high speeds, hitting stuff you wouldn't normally hit. So that's what it felt like to me. But now I don't know. You almost take sports nutrition to like an extreme in the sense yeah. of like, I remember being very conscious as, as I went throughout my career of what like fueled me the best. Mm-hmm. I, I found out that I, I can't really have dairy probably about an hour or within an hour window of me working out, right. even working out, let alone competition, forget it. No way. Yeah. It just didn't sit. And, um, I think I kind of know what you're talking about, but yeah, I think you're taking it to like another level from there. Yeah. I think just cause of the nature of the sports that I do, I yeah. take everything to the extreme now. So it's like, it might not be the best move. Yeah. Overall, it's probably not the healthiest move. Cause I've talked to a wellness coach about it. She's like, yeah, it's definitely not a healthy thing to be going up and down and weight like that. Um, but I don't know. It helped me. It set me up for life because yeah. now I take everything to the extreme. Well, that's going back real quick. I was going to ask, do you think it has a lasting effect on your body? Like fluctuating in weight this frequently, yeah. like this much all mm-hmm. the time. I think it would have, I kept wrestling throughout college and not play okay. rugby. Because rugby didn't matter what I weighed. Yeah. I mean, you could be you 250, could, yeah. you could and be 150. Play, yeah, flank, prop, wing, outside wing, first five A's, any of that kind of stuff. Scrum half. But I know guys, usually, if you wrestle in college or you do some kind of post-grappling sport, yeah. which that requires you to cut weight, typically on your body, you will become fatter. It's just like you're going to see it in the face. You're going to see it in your, yeah. your bones and skin. Just because you've been cutting all that weight out for so long, Eventually, your body's going to be like, yo, cut this shit out, and you will get fatter. It happened to all my boys who were good at wrestling. Yeah. Every single one of them. Not like crazy fat, but... Put on weight. They put on weight, and you can you can physically see it. Yeah. But yeah. Good weight or bad weight? Not bad weight. Bad weight. Yeah, not good weight. I've never seen a wrestler who came out with completely good weight that isn't still in some form of combat sports yeah. or working out constantly. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to force you to work out a lot more yeah. than you normally do. I mean, something is... Similar in mm-hmm. a way. I mean, we don't have the whole like cutting weight aspect to our sport, but right. I see a, a lot with my former teammates. A lot of them have put on put on pounds, some pounds after yeah, we've LBs. been finished, and a lot of it I think stems from you don't have that discipline anymore or that rigorous. You have practice at this time, six days a week. Right, ready to go. Well, there's no more seasons after. Yeah. Effectively, after high school or college, no more seasons unless you go to pay for a club or yeah. some kind of adult league or something. Yeah. So, I mean, that's I think that's an interesting um, point. Um, transitioning here, though, like going back into your actual fight itself, uh-huh. what do you think about in your fight? Are you more focused on your technique or are you keying in on what your opponent is doing, waiting for him to slip up? Only my technique. Okay. 
I promise you, it's like, what did Bruce Lee say? Practice a thousand kicks one time, you should be afraid of that kick or some shit like that? Yeah. That's completely true. That's how you if, feel? If you go against an Olympic judo thrower, yeah, and you're thinking, I don't want to get thrown by an Olympic judo thrower, what's going to happen? You're going to fucking throw you. <laughs> so if you go in thinking, I don't want to get that right cross in my face, that right cross is going to find a way to your face. So if you stop... If you forget about your game plan, yeah. you don't know what their game plan is. It's not like you've read their mind all of a sudden. You can watch as much film or as fights as you want to. Fight to fight, man. That, like, that goes out the window. It goes out, like, yeah, yeah, it goes out the window. So you just got to keep playing your own game and just keep going. Because, again, if you try and avoid their game, they're going to find they're gonna find you exactly where they want them. Yeah. Like later on or earlier on. Especially in jiu-jitsu. If you try and avoid someone like throwing a triangle on you, they're just going to do it on the opposite side. And then they're going to catch you. Yeah, they're going to catch you. Then you're going to slip up and be like, oh shit, I'm here now. And then next thing you know, you're out cold on the mat. You're like, what happened? You're like, oh, well, you got caught in the triangle, man. It's funny you mentioned that because I mean, I knew a lot of people and the more we're having this conversation, the more similarities I'm at least picking up on between our two sports. Yeah. And on first glance, it's like swimming and And fighting. Fighting. Totally different. Totally different things, but. I think the underlying concepts are still the same. Oh, yeah. My dad always told me, he's, he's been a coach for 40-plus years, mm-hmm. he, from a very young age, always told me, swim your own race. Yeah. You can only control what you can control. Exactly. And I knew a lot of people that worried so much about what the guy next to him in lane whatever is going to do. It's super interesting because you swim against seven other people, right. usually at a time. And if you get so caught up about what those seven other people are doing in their race game plan, who have totally different training than you, right? totally different race strategy, you get kind of just lost in the race. Flustered, make a mistake. And you like you know, go out too fast, you lose your, your pacing, or you, you know... Or you lose composure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I knew a lot of people that I think that's what led to them not truly reaching their potential in races. Oh, I agree. They got too caught up on that. Um, but I think I, I yeah. luckily was instilled with that early on of, I'm going to control what I can control. Yeah. And then that last lap, that's when I worry about everyone oh, else. Oh, of course. Because like, oh, I'm trying shit. to get my hand on that wall. I say it was the last round. You're like, but, my eyes yeah. are just shut. They're swollen. I, I can't see anything. I still got to fight. But it's digging deep. So how many times have you gone to that last round in a, in a fighting situation? Yeah, more so in wrestling every time. Okay. Uh, as far as fighting goes, because of my first exhibition in America, yeah, yeah. haven't gone uh, there yet. Yeah. yeah, only in sparring, but it's sparring, not the same. I don't know about you, but when I get to that point, it's literally just like, I'm going to give it everything. Oh, for sure. Because like, as soon as this is done, I can rest. Yeah, exactly. As soon as this is done. You know what's crazy? I tell myself the same thing when I'm running a couple miles. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I could spend 15 minutes on the couch or use the 15 minutes to go run. That's it. I'm done for the day. You know what's super interesting, though, is getting into training other people now. I pick up on very quickly who was an athlete at some point in their life and who was not. Oh, for sure. And I usually can tell within 10 minutes of a session, Mm -hmm. mostly when I have them do stuff for time. If I have someone say for 30 seconds they're going you know, um, rope, alternating rope waves right. on the battle ropes. Non-athletes will stop when I say you have five seconds to go. Yeah. Athletes will pick up their pace and finish strong until I say stop. That's good. That last five seconds. Yeah. And it's without fail, like 99% of the time, that is true. That's happening. But I, I feel that because I'm like, that's how I approach it. And right. it sounds like that's right. how you approach it. Because you're it's looking at it like, like, yeah, I've been here before. Yeah. Yeah, you're really saying, I have it been sucks. there before. You were in the suck. And I, you read that David Goggins book too yeah, yeah, yeah. about embracing the suck. Oh, yeah. Like, it's that Navy Simon tatty right there. That's exactly what you're doing. Yep. It it absolutely sucks. You, you feel like you've got nothing left to give. But oh, you, for sure. You give a little bit more than nothing left. Yep. And you can set yourself up. Yeah, it sets you apart from everybody else. It's, that's how you win competition. I mean, that's how you become great, immortal good. and great in your sport, whatever yeah. it is. That's how you become Katie whatever, the swimmer. Katie, man. Yeah. She's great. Um, and I bet you she approaches it very similarly. Oh, guaranteed. Um, so you're about three weeks out now. Yeah. Um, where are you on training? Do you taper at all? Do you like cut back on 
your training sessions or is it kind of just full go, go, go until? No, I just go, go, go. Because every training session is different. Like on Wednesdays, you primarily like stretch. Yeah. Do a lot of like slow pad work, that kind of stuff. Whereas Fridays is all sparring. So maybe like two weeks out, I probably won't spar too much. Okay. Because I don't want to hurt myself. Um, but every day, usually I'm still doing two days, three Doing days, so. that kind of stuff. Probably the last two weeks, I'll probably catch a third workout in the middle of the day at lunchtime. Yeah. Just jump roping. Just either jump roping or just going through shadow boxing. Just it's in crazy. the gym. Um, but still going to do the lifts in the morning for an hour. Yeah. Still going to go to kickboxing for an hour after work. And then in the middle of the day, I'll probably get an hour, nice, long, hard hour of rope in as well. Just so I can feel as though I'm getting faster and stronger. Yeah. I'd say I take that portion. I take back our similarities. Yeah, <laughs> in swimming you you taper back so much. Now. Oh really? It's crazy. Yeah, no, not for us. Oh, uh, we were we would average, you know, 14,000 yeah. uh, yards a day, in season, and then, you know, that last week we were mm-hmm. literally, about three thousand. Yeah. Yards like we literally cut so much. Right. And you just your body got rested and if you hit it right you like hit that high and right. peak where yep. you just you felt phenomenal that makes sense but, but no not for not for combat sports yeah. when, from what I know it's just because even in uh, when I was in women's basketball manager yeah. they do the same shit they'd have a lift before a game yeah yeah so it's just like I just operate in the same mentality where it's like I'm just gonna keep working out because to me if I change something different of my normal routine it throws me off like, a little it bit. throws me off because I already yeah. spar on Fridays anyway yeah. so I'm just gonna get in there and fight another guy that I already do every Friday if I don't keep doing what I'm doing now, then it's going to throw me off. Yeah. And I'll feel a little sluggish. I mean, I know it's your first fight, but how do you yeah. f- how do you feel like preparedness for this? You feel like... Oh, fine. You ready? I've had like I mean, 100 wrestling matches. Like, I don't care. I know your texts are like, <laughs> man, I don't care who I'm fighting. Yeah. I'm going to fuck them up. <laughs> like, it's going to be game over. Dude, like, yeah. Cause I literally, that's the mindset you're going in with? Yeah, because a bunch of guys in our gym are like, man, you're not afraid to get knocked out of this and that. I'm like, dude, I've been fucking getting choked by guys and choking people and yeah. fucking getting kicked in the face every day of practice and in the nuts. I've been wrestling against people <laughs> like, for years. Like, what's the difference between <laughs> that and this? I'm going in, I'm just fighting a guy I don't know. And I've been in street fights. I fuck people I don't know anyway. This is just with gloves and maybe or maybe not headgear and shin pads. Yeah. Maybe. There's really no difference. And they have a little bit more skill. I have a little bit more skill. So we're still on the same playing field. Yeah. So it's a bit like, I'm going to fight a guy. I'm going to beat a guy up. We're going to get a beer after and just chill out. Like, <laughs> There's really no two ways about it to me. That's, I mean, that's a good mindset to have. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, what would you say your favorite aspect of all the sports you've done? Uh-huh. Um, kind of in your background, what's your favorite aspect of those? And what kind of has helped you the most currently? Okay, currently in terms of my life currently? Just or life, currently? life okay. currently. Uh, I guess I'll separate the two. So what did I like most about that stuff? The camaraderie. Okay. Because you don't know what it's like to actually lose those holidays of Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. I know what it's like. But right, 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 but I'm saying... These people they, might. Right, they, they don't know. <laughs> Unless maybe you've done combat sports maybe, or swimming. Maybe, you or maybe you've done a winter sport where yeah. you know. But if for you know, us, because... You know, like, you know. <laughs> well, at least you guys can eat, right? Yeah, so like, you could just sit there. Like at Thanksgiving, you literally sit there and watch your family eat, basically. Which blows, depending on... Brutal holiday. Yeah, that. depending on what side of tournament you're on. Like, if you do preseason tournaments, like a Super 32 Challenge, yeah. which is a huge national tournament, or you're doing a local thing, still have to keep your weight, can't really eat shit, you know, which kind of sucks, but you guys all go through it together, which makes it a little bit easier. Not really sometimes, but it's nice to know you're not alone. You're with a whole bunch of dudes across the country, and women, who are literally can't eat or do shit during these holidays, and they're all right there with you. In fact, they're all in the same building, so they're getting ready to wrestle. Yeah. So that was nice. Um, the camaraderie in rugby is nice as well, just because, uh, and in fighting, because in rugby, typically no one has really any malice towards another person. Usually the rule is you fight, or not fight, but you play. Yeah. Win or lose, you guys go out for beers and stuff afterward. Yeah. So you squash whatever beef you have on the field, and then we all go party afterwards, which I really like. And it really gets you to find out like what these guys are about, where they're from. Because a lot of rugby players from the States aren't from the States. And so you meet a lot of just cool yeah. guys from like Paris or South Africa, Australia, Tonga, Samoa, any of those places which I thought was really cool. And plus it just felt close. Like you're hitting dudes for 90 minutes, yeah. getting hit, you're partying with them constantly. So you eventually just build these great bonds. You got to be boys with them. Yeah, That's you got to be boys with them, which is nice. <laughs> um, but as far as what translates to my life now, probably tenacity. 
Because now I just don't half-ass anything. Yeah. It's like uh, when we do our stuff for like premium conversations or we're doing this right now. Yeah. It's because I've already told myself, all right, I got two lifts today. I had a full day's worth of work. I'm trying to get my buddy hired at a job, so I just helped him with the interview for today. He's going to second round. We got to do this at night. And then after that, I'm putting in, you know, a full 12-hour workday tomorrow. Yeah. And you're going to go do some stuff, probably do some more stuff related to this. So to me, it's just like... Just got to keep working and keep working it. Because if you don't keep working, it's not going to pay off. And I just keep telling myself that every single day. I think this week I'll probably put in around probably 70 hours of work, which is a lot, I think, yeah. for a normal person. But then like I'm still also getting two lists a day, still making sure my friends are straight if they need stuff, yeah. helping out where I can. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. So to me, it's straight tenacity. Because I see no downside. Yeah. Like I just see upside to doing all this kind of stuff every day and actually putting an effort into everything. So it just helps out. You're you're very you and I are very similar in that sense though. I feel like Yeah. When I'm sitting around doing nothing, I feel like I'm wasting time. Yeah. Um I don't like mm-hmm. I'm like very go, go, go. Even today, like I started first you know, class was at six AM and I rolled through, had a little break where right. I was able to catch an hour and a half lift, then you know, I did a few clients and then caught a you know, was able to get a swim in, uh, and then coach. And yeah. Then, then I came back here and got this ready and, and just same thing. It was like, exactly. It's just like, go, 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 go. but it's when you commit to something, yeah, it's rewarding. You do it. Yeah. And, uh, it, it rewards you in the long run. I mean, there's no substitute for hard work either. It's not like, no. cause either if you decide not to work hard, only you are going to suffer for it. Right. So to me, I'm like, I don't want to suffer. I want to be able to, buy my girlfriend nice things when I go to Norway. I want to be able to hang out with my boys whenever I want. And I'd be like, yo, yeah. I can't go out because I got no cash, shit like that. So I'm like, yo, if I just bust my ass now, the times I do want to go out or go relax a little bit, it's going to be worthwhile. Exactly. And chill out a little bit. Yeah. And I've also given up, not given up, but I've also like gotten the whole like trying to be super rich thing out of my head. Just because like... You got to. At this chasing age. Chasing a... A thing like trying to become a millionaire. The, the I like, ate out front. Yeah, you like, can't be chase the I. Yeah, because I'm just like, <laughs> do I even care about that kind of shit anymore? I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm starting to mature out a little bit, or maybe yeah. it's because I've been going around the world so often. I'm like, pound for pound, do I want to be super loaded? Yeah, maybe. But then also being super loaded comes with super responsibility. Because yeah. it just means all your problems are just amplified by ten. So do I want to do that? So I'm still kind of like grappling that idea too. But I'll probably, realistically, I'll probably work 60 yeah. hours every week for the rest of my life, which I'm perfectly okay with. Yeah. Like, I actually don't mind, because idle time, I get so bored. Like, stupid. And then I do stupid yeah. shit, like, deal with a lot of chicks and stuff, which isn't good either. <laughs> so. It's a topic for another time, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. Um, any advice out there for listeners that are, you know, maybe playing with the idea of getting into the mm-hmm. same realm of sports that you're in? Um, yeah. Whether it be fighting, wrestling, rugby, rugby whatever. Any advice for that? Yeah. Give it a try. Because I don't know if you guys noticed or where you're listening to this from, but at least I can say for the States, literally anything is possible anytime. People start doing all sorts of crazy shit nowadays. So at the very bare minimum, if you're out of shape, it'll get you in shape. If you can't fight, you learn how to defend yourself. If you want to fight, there are outlets to go and do kickboxing, Muay Thai, jujitsu, wrestling, that not kind get, of stuff. Not get arrested for right, it. Right, and not get arrested <laughs> for it. So at the very bare minimum, I'd say give it a try. If you don't like it, no harm, no foul. But there's a lot of upside and a lot of practicality day to day from doing things like that, which you wouldn't get otherwise from either maybe say a swimming or yeah. uh, maybe even American football or any of that kind of stuff. Because you can play those sports or swim and stuff like that yeah. normally. But with swimming, you need a pool. With football, you need a field. Yeah. Street fighting... You, don't, you need a street. Yeah. And streets are everywhere. A little bit more relevant. Exactly. Uh, just uh, just from a yeah, just from a normal human standpoint, you're gonna check off all the boxes. You wanna lose weight? Check. We yeah. all know how to do it. You wanna get in shape? Check. We can do that too. You wanna learn to defend yourself and defend your family without using weapons? Check. We have that right there. So I mean it just depends on the nature of the person that wants to do it, but I think there's some form of like combat ish sports for everyone. Maybe not so much as, you know, getting kicked in the face like a Muay Thai <laughs> or kickboxing. Maybe it's a little more relaxed, like a Taekwondo you start out with, or a Wushu, or uh, like a Tan Do or a Jeet Kune Do, or maybe even wrestling, yeah. or Jiu Jitsu, because most fights end up on the ground anyway. Or for women, Jiu Jitsu and wrestling are probably your best bet, because if someone jumps on you all of a sudden, 
or a yeah. guy doesn't you know keep his hands to himself, you directly know how to get him off or roll him over, or if you need to, find yourself putting him to fucking sleep. So a lot of benefit for men, women, and anybody else who identifies any certain way out there. What is going off that? What are your thoughts on a lot of big fitness fad right now? Is um, mm-hmm. bo- different boxing classes? Yeah. Whether it be like rumble boxing, I've, I've done glove works. Right. Uh, what are your thoughts on that kind of style of workout? Definitely great workout, poor training. Okay. Yeah, because I think, not I think, we call them McDojos. Okay. It's like kind of like McDonald's. Is yeah, fake. I mean, they're popping up wherever. Yeah, they're popping they're... up wherever. Trainers are not like masters at what they're doing. Yeah. They have no real fights, no real instruction. In the corner. And then they take everything. Like in our gym, we have no cameras allowed. Really? Yeah. Okay. So like most gyms require like no cameras allowed because they just want you to train and focus. Yeah. Without having to like show off for this thing. For the gram. Right. Or yeah. for whatever streaming platform you're using. I was actually touched on that in Gloveworks. Uh, I went out mm-hmm. when I was in LA, and they had a actually a sign that said, um, "No cameras. I promise we'll get your selfie to post on Instagram at the end of your workout." See exactly. I was like, I think that's perfect because I know so many people out there going to this place for to say they went. Hey, I'm gonna put on some boxing gloves. I'm gonna get ten more likes on the gram. Exactly. I I threw some gloves on. Exactly. Exactly. Which I don't post shit about me training. I think I did once when I was in Thailand. Yeah. But for the most part, just keep it low key. I think most people most people wouldn't know honestly that you're. You're Into doing it. what you're doing. Yeah, none of my coworkers knew. But they uh, also didn't know I was traveling around the world like that either. So yeah. it's kind of just different. But yeah, like, honestly, if you could find a low-key spot where, like, people are kind of just doing whatever, kind of, like, they scrumble in, people look kind of, like, shaggy a bit, you yeah. know it's probably a good gym. You know, people are there just to honestly work, honestly get something out of it for themselves, maybe their family, and just keep pounding because we just keep hammering away. That's the kind of sports that we're in. Yeah. What's, uh, one last thing here, man. What- yeah, man. What uh, what's something that you want someone to take away from how you approach athletics that they can implement in their day to day life? Yeah. Honestly, I'd say. I guess, I personally think, honestly, just give everything a shot. Or you know what? Even better, give yourself an honest shot. Because nobody realizes, like, let's say you're applying for a job, right? If we equated to training, you said how. You guys did like one practice a day or like two a days or what was your thing? Uh, we would do two days. Two a days. Day. Okay, yeah. so let's say you do two a days every day for a month. So that's 14 a week, 20 yeah. every two. What's 20 times two? Like fucking 56, some shit? A lot. Yeah. So let's say you do 56 <laughs> practices a month. It's only 30 days in a month. If you were going into a meet and you looked at it honestly and said, okay, if I've been training twice a day every day for the last month, by default, you have to be a fairly respectable opponent. Or at least formidable yeah. in some way, shape, or form. I think the same thing applies to life. People just don't look at. Let's say you're taking a test for something. How long have you been taking tests for? Too long. <laughs> my point exactly. Yeah. Like everyone, at least by bare minimum of U.S. standards, I'm going to assume, has to take tests until high school, assuming you pass high school, or at least get some, through some yeah. portion of it. Which means you're taking maybe, you say, four or five courses a semester. You're at least getting, what is that, 18 or 20 tests, assuming it's only tests, Right. So by default, if you take an additional test when you're an adult, you've been taking a test for 20-something years now. Like, what's the difference, bro? Like, that's what I tell myself. Like, what's, what has changed between those tests and this test? The fact that they're paying you? Yeah, cool, man. You're paying for those tests, too. Like, it doesn't matter. Or if you apply for a job where it's like, oh, we need 10 years of experience, but yeah. it's not specified, and you've worked since you were 14 or 24, boom, there's your 10 years. Yeah. Apply. Give yourself an honest chance. I think a lot of people always like psych themselves out on that kind of stuff. Shut it down. Where they'll see like the requirements for whatever it is and be like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do this. I don't have that. And I'm like, no, you do. You're just not seeing it because of whatever arbitrary standards we've set for ourselves over the course of the last hundred years or so in this like continuity that we live in now. It's it's funny you talk on interviewing and stuff because like I've told a lot of friends recently that are going through Mm -hmm. graduating and they're looking for jobs job search and all that or just switching jobs right they're like i'm not really i got offered this interview but i'm not really interested in the position i'm like i don't care if you're not interested in the position go to that interview take that interview it's gonna be good practice yeah it's great reps like you get your reps in and then when that dream job comes along you crush that interview because you you went to these Okay. My first job interview, I don't know if you remember yours, I remember mine very well. I was at Subway. Yeah, I went to, <laughs> I went to Brouhaha 
in on campus oh, really? in Delaware. That's pretty sweet. It was sweet, man, and I I totally let the vibe, like the environment and the location, like I just thought it was gonna be super laid back. Yeah. So I went in not prepared at all. Just went in. I was like, you know, I'm gonna crush this thing. Yeah. Absolutely did not crush this thing. Oh wow. I walked out. I was like, oh my god. Like I got hella nervous. Literally, like sweated through my dress shirt. I uh-huh. was like, oh, this interviewer really probably thinks I'm like. Disgusting or something. Um, just stuttered over my words, did not know what to say, didn't know answers to basic questions. I was like, wow. It, it was humbling because I was like, I never want that to happen to me again. Yeah. Um, ironically enough, my next interview was at New Day. And <laughs> we don't have that word. It doesn't work out, yeah. But um, I thought that was super interesting. Yeah. Um, but if I didn't have that first rep, maybe that. That terrible interview would have yeah. been New Day. I didn't get the New Day job. We would have never we met. Have met. Like, or we would have met like later on after yeah, the fact. Like, who knows what would have happened? It's kind of crazy how it all works out like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I think everyone out there should give themselves an honest chance for a lot of things. Yeah. Because honestly, you just never know. Dude. Like I've seen jobs where it's like a fisherman, and I'm like, I could be a fisherman. I don't know where at, but I could do some cool shit like that. You gotta start somewhere. Yeah, somewhere and just give you yourself gotta, a chance. You gotta find a way in the door. And plus, nobody is. knows you better than you. Yeah. If there's only one thing people are qualified to actually talk about, themselves. that's themselves. There's nothing. I can tell you right now, I'm not qualified to talk about banking or hospitality, what I studied in school, rugby, even fighting. But what I can tell you is about motherfucking Quackadoodle do. I can tell you all about all my shit, dude, to a T and to my own horn. But. That's neither here nor there. You get the idea. That's what you just did for the past hour, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but uh, so where can these people find you, man? Where's your fight going on? Mm-hmm. Can they tune in? Uh, yeah. All that good stuff. So the fight's taking place at a gym called Level Up in Bowie, Maryland. Bowie's super in the cut for anyone who actually is going to listen to this. PG County. Prior dude. to. It's PG County. Um <laughs> I'll be fighting hopefully at either 155 pounds, but more likely 165 based on my coach's recommendations. Um, so if you guys want, I'll probably have pictures up and a few videos up on Instagram. My Instagram is Quacklet Chip Cookie for my personal account. And then Corey's part of our team too. We're part of the same, like, I guess, brand here. So you can follow at Pre-Game Conversations or at C Camp Fit. You can find me, you know, as one of his followers and follow him you know, the whole how it works, guys. Um, but I'm excited. I'm looking for a knockout, always looking for a knockout, <laughs> but above all else, I'm just looking to have fun and just yeah. kind of be happy that I actually get to fight American Soil and not go to jail. So, I'm pumped. Yeah. Well, good luck, man. I'm looking forward to this result. Um, hoping I can catch, you know, get a ride up there and check it out. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully, you took away something useful here. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yep. Yeah.